Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, host of the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today brought to you by rockauto.com. The best prices on car parts go to rockauto.com. Today, to start off your 4th of July weekend, it is a conversation with Eno Saris of The Athletic about beer and baseball. 3-2 to Suzuki. Kurt Suzuki! See you later! The Nets have won it! Seven runs in the bottom of the ninth! This is deep to center field. Bellinger's back. It's a grand slam! Howie Kendrick with a 10th inning grand slam to break it open. The former Dodger breaking hearts of Los Angeles. The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! The celebration is on! The Washington Nationals are the world champions! You are listening to the Locked On Nationals Podcast. Your one-stop shop for news, analysis, and conversation surrounding your reigning, undisputed World Series champion, Washington Nationals. Now, here's your host, Josh Neighbors. Hello, everybody. Locked on Nationals podcast. Joining me today, Eno Saris of The Athletic. And a really fun piece came out this morning, you know, and uh, it was scouting for the best brewery prospects across MLB cities. And... Love the way you wrote it. It felt like you were talking about baseball prospects, but it was about breweries. Um, what was the impetus for this piece and kind of what got the ball rolling on it? Well, one of the problems when you're a sports site and there are no sports is that you have to come up with things. And one of the things we've been doing at The Athletic is a combination of two things. One is we have a channel called Let's Get Weird, where we just throw weird ideas out there and that's turned into to pieces left and right. And another thing we're doing is what we call blitz and so we had a blitz where we did a week about music and we wrote about music and sports and we did a thing about um we did movies we, we've done all sorts of blitzes different um things where we all come together across all the sports and just try to kind of have a theme for the week and the theme this week was food and beer food and drink and so i kind of had already done ballpark beer rankings but one of the things that was interesting to me after doing the ballpark beer rankings was just that I could, I could be more of a scout, you know, we, you know, as a baseball guy, you know, I try to do some scouting and, you know, when you talk about ballpark beer, it's usually established. It has something to do with like how you get beer into ballpark. You have to have lots of beer, you know, you can't, right. you can't run out of a tap in a ballpark. You have to serve 50,000 people. And so the people that can come up with that much quantity are usually established places. But like as a beer guy, I'm always like, what's new? What's new? What's going on? What's new? Who's new? Who's hot? And uh, so I wanted to kind of access that. So I just went, you know, from through the different baseball cities and was like, what's new? What's hot? And uh, that was a different uh, question than what's in the ballpark for sure. Uh, so I'll, I'll focus in on the Nationals one because this is a the Nationals podcast. Um, a few recommendations here you made, and, and I've, I've just, I, you know, I just moved to the Arlington area, so I'm new. I have not been in these, but what was your experience? What did you find that was hot? You know, I'm not sure if top of the head you remember, but, um, you know, about D.C., what were some of the, the, the things that uh, stuck out to you? Well, you know, one of the things about D.C. is, it, you know, it's, um, 
it's a little bit cramped in terms of like where people go to drink. You know, there's a couple neighborhoods, but you know, I think of DC as places where I can drink. And so Blue Jacket and um, I forget the name of that bar. Is it church or something? Uh, um, let me see. There's a, there's a really great bar with a really great selection. I think of those two when I think of DC because they're near the ballpark. Uh, they have excellent selections. The, the, the place is, is really great. Um, but they also have the surrounding area and there's all these, this farmland. Uh, there's all these farm breweries in Virginia. Um, there's stuff down in Dulles that's great. Um, and, and it kind of just the scene, when you zoom out, the scene extends all the way up to Baltimore. So then I thought of stuff like, you know, drinking Aslan at that little beer garden they used to have by the ballpark where they're just opening up cans for you and you're basically standing on gravel and there's nothing, nothing cool about the, uh, venue in that situation. <laughs> I kind of smell the porta potties and see right. all the people walking into the, into the, uh, place, but Aslan's beer was great. Uh, so that's, you know, Blue Jacket, I'm not saying Blue Jacket's beer is bad, but like, the, you know, I love their venue. I love what, what they're doing there and how, how beautiful it is in there and how, how good the beer is. But, you know, they also have stuff like Aslan where I'll drink that next to a porta potty. So what's interesting here is, you know, obviously a lot of fans won't be able to go to games, but some of these places outside of stadiums, it's kind of been a question like, well, areas like, you know, your ballpark village in St. Louis, uh, you know, I guess uh, you could say, you know, you're, you're Wrigleyville to some extent outside of Wrigley. The Nats, obviously lining the streets, you know, on the way up to the, the stadium, there are plenty of places in Navy Yard to go. Kind of a weird atmosphere, almost like if there's fans, you know, fans are there, but they're just, they're not going to be in the ballpark because I think if there are games played, probably a lot of fans are going to want to be somewhat close to the action uh, in some ways. And a lot of those places are built to be kind of inside-outside, right? To be kind of mostly outside. Um just because that's how, you know, a lot of ballparks are. So, you know, there is an opportunity for people to come together. I'm thinking of like the playoffs um, or, you know, big games down the stretch where maybe you could set something up where you've got a big screen and it's near the ballpark and there's great beer and you're kind of, you know, being responsible in terms of how close you are to each other. And, and maybe you can even do contactless beer buying where, you know, that's one thing that's kind of cool about some stadiums is they have these uh, places where you can like buy a little card and you basically pour your own beer and you just pay right. with a little card. Uh, so maybe they could come up with something like that where it's kind of like here are five taps of really great DC beers and uh, you're outside the park. So you're getting that feeling and you can maybe even hear the home run or whatever. And uh, and but you're not like, you know, all jammed in next to each other, which uh, seems like less than ideal right now <laughs> so you worked on something else that came out today it was with no minor leagues or college ball where will prospects go to play and it was you and emily walden so this one is really interesting because you know it's these stories and i think you guys over the athletic uh have done a really good job of talking about the minor leagues and the lower rungs of baseball because the one thing i don't think people understand is like how far minor league baseball reaches and and you know these, these college teams as well too i mean to be, to be honest, a lot of my friends who are, you know, around this young age rely on those teams actually for broadcasting experience. I mean, that's where a lot of the young broadcasters go to cut their mm -hmm. teeth and they're losing out on those opportunities too. And I just feel like the more and more you look at these things, I mean, you see how baseball is America's pastime and like how ingrained it kind of is because these small teams, you know, the, the college leagues, the, the, uh, the minor leagues, 
this is a lot of people's connection to baseball, right? I mean, you know, Major League Baseball is only played in what, 24 cities? And you're, you know, these connections that people are going to have in baseball, the ability to go to a game for $10 and take your family and stuff and go, it's going to be diminished. There's, uh, it's, it's a really important point. And I think one way that it kind of came together for me was when I was just doing some back of the envelope math. And I was like, you know, even with these 60 man rosters and, you know, some of the prospects going north with the team, you're talking about about 7,000 minor leaguers that are looking for a place to play baseball right now. And then you add in all the D1 college people that want to play baseball, want to keep continuing to build their craft and, and to keep going. Then now you're up to, you know, what, 20,000 players. Now, now you add in all the people that want to be, you know, in marketing for a baseball player, baseball team or PR or do announcing. And you've got thousands and thousands of people that are not only without a job, but without a connection to baseball and without a way to do it. I think the, the positive spin that I tried to put on it was that like baseball will find a way. And, um, you know, I personally, my story is that I came from, I was born in Jamaica to German parents, lived in Germany and came to America. And somehow baseball was the thing I had. Baseball was the common knowledge, the common sort of uh, spoken language that I could have with people. And that's how I, you know, that's how I uh, became American, I guess. Um, And so, you know, when you think about that in the context of, of what's happening now, baseball will find a way. Like they found me in Germany and Jamaica. Uh, I, I think baseball will find a way. And the way that it's happening now is that these adult leagues, uh, these indie, indie ball leagues, these uh, just let's get together and, you know, legion ball leagues and just all these different lower level leagues, you know, wherever they're able to get it going without fans and without all the uh, sort of crowding together that usually happens. That's where baseball is happening. And it's kind of cool to think about that you could go to your local adult league and face a minor leaguer right now, but that's what's happening. So if you, if you play adult baseball, go, go check it out, see if they're open because you might go up against a D one or you might even go up against a a, a current major leaguer. uh, That's not just not on a roster uh, because that's, that's where people are playing. That's, that's, that's the baseball that is out there to be played. And I, I want to get back to that in a second because the, the Bridge Rolly story about, you know, these guys playing in Florida is, I mean, it's fascinating. Um, but with, what are you seeing? I mean, you, know, you don't have to give obviously too much of the article away, but w- what are you seeing? Where are these kids going to get their reps? I mean, these college kids, you know, this is important for them. This is where they drill down the things that they need to make sure to give themselves a shot at the next level. Yeah, there's a bit of a separation between the haves and the have-nots. That's where you start getting into where it gets a little bit uh, weird. Uh, there are like three collegiate baseball leagues. The Cape Cod League is shut down. A lot of the other leagues are shut down. But there are three collegiate leagues out there. And those leagues are basically doing it with technology. They've got robot cameras. Um, they've got uh, Rapsodo and all the tech on the thing so that scouts don't have to be there. They basically have these tracking uh, devices out on the field so that um, you know, you can just send teams their bat speed and their exit velocity and all that stuff. Um, so those are those three teams. But all those three teams, if you combine them, you're talking about 750 kids that are playing and then another waiting list of another 750 kids that want to play in those leagues. So that's the haves, basically. Um, and uh, the everybody else is just having to find a way, um, you know, sometimes just – going to your local school that used to be associated with and just playing on the field almost unsanctioned. And 
the, the thing that's a little bit difficult is though baseball said, you know, you can sign with an indie league, you know, if you're a minor leaguer, you can sign with an indie league. We won't be mad. Like we'll still continue to pay your stipend and all this. We want you to play. But what's left unspoken is that you're taking your, your future with a baseball team into your own hands in case you get injured, because there's no guarantee that if you get injured, they'll guarantee that they'll honor the contract and that they will help you rehab and they'll do the surgery and do all that for you. Uh, you're kind of uh, still taking your life in your own hands. But most of the players, I said, you know, said the playing is the point. I need to do the playing. And, um, you know, we take our we, we, we take this sort of risk every time we lift, every time we do anything. Um, and all I can do is have the best arm care that I can and do the things that I can do to be as healthy as possible. And, uh, uh, you know, just you know just assume the risk and, and and try to i mean it's kind of funny to think about that in the, in the context of us um you know assuming the risk when we go grocery shopping uh that we might uh, contact the virus so um you know there's uh there's a lot of risk around and i think just some players are just comfortable assuming that risk and, and getting out there and playing locked on nationals podcast would like to thank rockauto.com for their support chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest possible price rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So, and speaking of players, you know, going out there, I mean, this Bridgeroli story from this morning. I mean, these, you know, all these these players, these all stars, these you know, future Hall of Famers, gathering in Florida to to play. I mean, tell me about the story. Tell me about how you heard about it, and and, and you know, um, what were the fascinating parts about it, and. I mean, it's, it's got this feel, you know, you hear about these NBA stories all the time, you know, when Jordan was filming uh, uh, Space Jam, you know, bringing players there. And it was a basically all-star games in the bubble, you know, you know there. And, and you hear about programs all the time. My dad talked about seeing Jason Kidd, you know, play one time at a gym in, in uh, San Francisco. I mean, it's kind of almost got that old school feel of, you know, just guys showing up and playing ball. Yeah. And, you know, the Nationals were well represented with uh, Max Scherzer was out there. Um, and, uh, I think there were a couple other nationals. I forget off the top of my head, but, uh, I did, uh, talk to Max, uh, about it. And he said, that it, you know, it, for him, it was just in the context of having to stay sharp and keeping his pitches separated so that, you know, he's got so many different pitches that he needs to, you know, have each one be distinct. And so he just wanted to get out there and make sure his pitches were separate. Um, he wasn't necessarily, uh, thinking too much about how crazy it was. Um, but then I also talked to Bryce Jarvis, who was a, a first round pick from Duke, um, you know, and he was he was literally saying how crazy it was that he had a throwing session with Max Scherzer, you know, <laughs> and he he remembered talking to him about, you know, uh, the power uh, change up concept and, um, you know, how how they use their what they what their intention was with their different uh, with their change ups. So, uh there were some people that were star-crossed that were out there like, oh, my God. Richard Blyer was like, oh, my God, I got to step in against Paul Goldschmidt and then also ask him how my pitches moved and what he thought of them and, and like, what worked and what didn't against him. Uh, so there was a lot of really cool 
uh, knowledge that was passed around and a lot, a lot of learning that went down. But I also think of it from the perspective of like, what if you were just taking a jog through your neighborhood and you heard Giancarlo Stanton take Justin Verlander deep? I mean, you could hear the hit. It, you, you could hear the homer. And if you came over and you were like, you might be able to spot some of these guys. Just imagine just like kind of like right. stopping your run and being like, I think I'm watching Justin Verlander throw to Giancarlo Stanton. And it's like the price of admission is nothing. You know, you, yeah, exactly. you, know, you should yeah. just show up and it's like, well, I, I, I guess I can just stand here and watch. You know, nobody's going to tell you. It's, it's weird too because you think about like those moments where, you know, the young guy meets the old guy and, you know, they, they, you know, they probably think of those um, stark struck moments happening like, you know, in the major league stadiums, you know, there being fans there or whatever. It, but it's weird it's happening on this field in Florida. You know, there's probably nobody around. And so it's just this, I mean, it, the visualization is really cool. I think that's, that's the, the part about it for people like us that's like, you know, I would kill to be a resident that, like you said, was on a run and went by. And, um, yeah, and, and, I heard about it. You asked uh, how I heard about right. it. I heard about it in the context of researching this piece about where the minor leaguers are playing. Right. And so someone said, you know, and some people are playing over at Cressy's thing. And so I was doing a little bit of research on it. And Britt uh, um, and I have collaborated on pieces in the past. So uh, I reached out to her and was like, have you heard about this? And she was like, I'm already on it. <laughs> so it's all on Britt. Britt did a great piece and um, she did everything. I just I got a couple quotes for her. Uh, but it, it was funny that we heard about it and then we weren't allowed to talk about it. And that's the key. That's why there was nobody there. We weren't allowed to talk about it until it was over because otherwise a lot of people would show up. Right. Um, and one you know, kind of final question here. You talked about, I saw you had a piece about the season and you know, a little while ago is what's the difference between 80 and 50 games. And I've heard a lot of talk about the asterisk, but for me, I think about kind of some of the old season championships, right? The heat, uh, you know, in 2010, people don't talk about how that was a shortened season. The Kings, when they went on their run in 2012, uh, that, I believe that was a shortened season as well too. Don't really remember that either. I mean, I think this one will be remembered, obviously, because of coronavirus. But mm-hmm. for me, a championship is still going to feel like a championship because the circumstances for all these teams, I mean, you know, obviously some guys sitting out, that, that, that hurts some teams and they can't control that. But they're all under pretty crappy circumstances. Like, and for me, the way I view it is, I mean, everybody's in a bad spot. They're going to play for a title. And, you know, we should treat it as, as serious as, you know, as we can. I mean, we, we want to give sports meaning. And the people are clamoring for sports. That's why it's coming back. So why wouldn't we give this, you know, why would we put an asterisk next to it? We should treat it seriously. What kind of sense I think it's a good point. I think it's a good point that they're all on the same wavelength and they're, they're all dealing with the same issues, that, you know. So, you know, somebody will fairly beat out the rest. Um, there's two things that, that kind of stick out for me when I, when I approach things statistically uh, for the most part is that uh, 60 games is actually a fair amount of sample. That you, within 60 games, you have enough time for a hot team to get, to get cold again that, um, that we won't necessarily have a team that is really terrible. Like, I, like the Tigers' percent chance of making the postseason is still 1%. It's right. really not a lot. And that's because they're bad. And you know, even if they start out 8-0, they still got 52 more games where they can lose a bunch of games. Uh, and, and my exhibit for this is the Mariners last year that um, started out the season like 13 and two or something. Uh, but we don't, we're not doing a 15 game season. We're doing a 60 game season. And so I think that's important. There's going to be uh, some coming back to the pack. The, the biggest difference is 
there won't be the separation. So if you go over 162 games, the better teams keep winning, keep winning, keep winning a little bit more, a little bit more, and they get to 100. And so there's a big gap between 193. And I, and I basically looked at the short strike shortened seasons and found that like teams miss the playoffs by an average of about two games in those seasons. And teams miss the average, uh, miss the playoffs by an average of like six or seven games in the last two years. So basically it's going to get really tight around the middle um, and it won't necessarily be the Tigers that are 31 and 29, but there will be maybe six teams that are 31 and 29. Um, and so I actually think we're going to have a game 60, 61, 62, 63, maybe even, um, provided that we're healthy enough to finish the season because we're going to have to sort through all the ties. There's just not going to be as much separation. Um, and also, if there's a bunch of 31 and 29 teams, the one team that happens to go 32 and 20 that has a good bounce in their last game could make it. That doesn't mean that they're illegitimate, though. That just means that, you know, like any other season, things bounce their way at the right time. Uh, I mean, like, we, we crown people champions based on less than 60 games when we crown them on the postseason, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that um, I will remember what 2020 is. If someone hits 400 this year, I will put a mental asterisk on it because it was only in 60 games. I will remember 2020 for the rest of my life. Right. But, you know, I, will I take away from a champion? I don't know. To ask the people that just watched Liverpool win the first championship, their first championship in the history of the premiership. I, they were super happy and no one's going to take that away from them. And I think the one, and you know, I think the one counterpoint is that the the division of of the of the um, the leagues, I guess you could say, like the you know the areas. I mean, the East is just it's all killer, no filler with with these Eastern teams. And I on I'm, on the one hand, I can understand some fans' frustration with the you know with how, kind of how it is, you know, how many difficult teams. Like, there's no rest for the for the wicked in, in, in the East. But also, too, like it's going to give us some great baseball. I mean. You know, a lot of, I mean, the Eastern, you know, if, if, to, if you had to schedule TV games, I would look to the East to fill a lot of your ESPN execs. You know, you're going to get Braves, Yankees, Red Sox, Nationals. You know, you're going to get uh, Phillies, Red Sox, stuff like that. I mean, it's going to be entertaining, but I do think there is a bit of a, a disadvantage, you could say, because the scheduling is just, I mean, it's, you know, the only breaks you could see for a team of the Nats are really the Marlins and, and the Orioles. Yeah, yes. The hardest divisions this year are in the East and the West, and the easiest divisions are in the center, in the Central. Um, that has a little bit to do with the Tigers again. Sorry, Tigers fans. <laughs> I guess there's none on this podcast, but uh, uh, it's a little bit to do with how you can beat up uh, the Tigers and the Royals in the bottom of those, um, those divisions. But, um, you know, the fun thing, there'll be, there'll be ups and downs. The fun thing will be, it'll be a sprint, and uh, we'll, you know, it'll, every game will matter so much. The negative thing might be that with expanded rosters for the first month, we might have eight or nine pitchers uh, per team per game. Uh, we may have uh, the starter going two or three innings, and that might have something to do with how stretched out they are or how much the team wants to win every single game. Um, and I'm not sure that we love uh, seeing nine pitchers for nine innings, but at the same time, um, you know, I, I think the sprint aspect will keep everybody in, in, in interested and involved. Uh, no one's going to be so far out of it that uh, two, like two, three, four weeks in, you know, a whole swath of fandom just checks out. You know, you know, there'll be two or three teams that'll be out of it, and almost everybody else will be in it until the last two, three weeks. You know, really appreciate your time today. Where can people find you on social media? I'm at E N O S A R R I S on Twitter. Uh, I have a Facebook page. I don't 
updated as much as I should. But uh, Instagram is all sandwiches, sandwiches and beer. Uh, you should see my phone. My even my kids make fun of me. I have some pictures of them, but then I also have a lot of sandwiches and beer. That's great. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.